the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at the Warden South Texas AM 630 KSLR. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And uh, it's a great weekend to be alive. Uh, God is good, and I tell you what, you should be expecting some great things to happen today because he is faithful. He is awesome. Um, the uh, purpose of this program, is called Church of the Week, is to introduce you to a pastor in and around San Antonio because our desire is that you would be part of the local community church. We appreciate you listening, tuning in day after day at different hours of the day. We preach the gospel on this station 24 hours a day, but we don't want it to be a substitute for the local community church. We want you to know that it is... It is uh, important to us that you uh, would know that uh, we want for you to be a part of the local community church. We want you to be able to go to somebody that you can call your pastor, someone that can guide you, someone that can pray for you, someone that can give you biblical advice. And uh, we think that is of the utmost importance if you are being discipled in the things of God rather than just by uh, means of media. Also, it's important that you have a group of people uh that are your brothers and sisters in Christ, people that you can go to, talk to, open up to, uh, not just to be encouraged, but also for you to be there and be an encouragement to them. And that's why we have the Church of the Week, because if you're here in town and you don't have a church yet, you haven't uh, become part of a congregation somewhere, we want you to do so. And so uh, here today we have in studio a good friend of mine, Pastor Gerald Ripley. He's pastor of Abundant Life Church up here in the northeast side of San Antonio. Pastor, great to have you here in studio. Welcome. Good to be here again, Mark. Absolutely. Well, uh, for the f- I've, I've known you already for quite a few years. I know you're very, very active in our community and, and, and what God is doing, and you have a, a great uh, sense of uh, just what the Holy Spirit has for, uh, for San Antonio. But before we talk about ministry, let's get to know Gerald Ripley. Okay. Uh, born in Minnesota, uh, educated there, uh, came to Texas, felt like uh, Abraham going to a far country, uh, as years have gone by, realized that God knew exactly what he was doing, had no idea how liberal the state was that I grew up in, yeah. and uh, he sent me to the Bible Belt, which fit my theology perfectly. So I have uh, functioned here for, well, since uh, 1972, actually, 71. Wow. And Directly from Minnesota to here in 72, 71? That's right. Wow. I graduated in, from seminary in 71, and uh, my first congregation uh, here in Seguin, and then uh, to Victoria, and then uh, San Antonio. This is my second congregation in San Antonio. You miss those northern winds and that heavy snow? <laughs> Not at no. all. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, this time of the year, is it, with, with the wildflowers blooming, it's a beautiful Isn't time it? to live in Texas. Absolutely. And, and actually, in January and February, it's really great to live in Texas also. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I do like Minnesota in June. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's beautiful. Uh, the, the, the lakes, uh, the trees. And in the fall of the year when, they have, when the foliage is going, I, I do miss that. Every once in a while I've been able to get back to that and enjoy it. And that's uh, spectacular, of course. So are you a Minnesota Viking fan? 
Well, I am. You are. Uh, however, the Cowboys have ascended to number two. <laughs> okay. And that's taken right. the process. My, my son yeah. was a Cowboys fan from the get-go. Yeah. And I did like Roger Staubach and Tom oh, Landry. Absolutely. Those are the good, uh, good but old But over the years, uh, I have become – so I cheer for the Cowboys. Unless they're playing the Vikings, then I have to revert to number one. Well, just this last season, I Now, I, on the other hand, I do want to say yeah. I am a Spurs fan. Yes. I mean, I am par excellence. All right. <laughs> I, I, I don't cheer for the T-Wolves. Yeah. I'm, I, I cheer for the Spurs and uh, have done so since probably 1982, I think it was. Right. I went to my first Spurs game. And so I try to catch them on TV when I yeah. can and uh, enjoy cheering for them. And uh, they're a good source of sermon illustrations from time to time. Absolutely. So I'll use that. Teamwork, absolutely. Uh, we have some uh, people in the congregation. There's a lady who's, uh, uh, let's call her a senior uh, who loves the Spurs, and usually on Sunday morning, if they played, you know, during the week, uh, I'll greet her and, and ask, did, did you see the game? Or she'll ask them, did you see the game last night? So I say, you know, I, I didn't get to see this one, but uh, then we talk about it a bit. So it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, um, I've only been to one NFL game, and it happened to be the Cowboys against the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. And, well, the Vikings won. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> there have been ups and downs both directions. And sure have, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, how about your family? Tell us a little, uh, give my, us some background on your family. My, my wife's name is Sharon. Um, actually, on May 28th, we will celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary. So Beautiful. She, she's a gift of God to me, the, wow. the most the best things ever happened to me, apart from knowing Jesus, my Savior. Uh, we have three children uh, who live here in San Antonio, our, our, our son and, and uh, his two uh, children, and then uh, our older daughter and, and uh, her husband. And uh, they have two children, plus they're taking care of uh, foster twins uh, right now that are their birthday will be in July. So they're eight, eight months old, I guess. Yeah. And then we have our younger uh, daughter. Uh, just graduated with a doctor doctorate in the music theory from Ohio State University. So she's making applications and writing um, uh, opportunities for presentations at conferences. Uh, this is a year of independent study for her. So that's mm-hmm. our family. Excellent. Well, um, I know that uh, you've been involved in ministry uh, for quite some time, but can you take us back to when you realized – uh, maybe as a young boy, young man, that ministry was going to officially be a part of your life? I'd be glad to do that. Uh, actually, uh, when I grew up, I was uh, good at math. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a figures, numbers guy. And I planned to be a math teacher. So when I went to uh, college, I, I majored in math and was planning to teach. Uh, I thought I may be a high school math teacher. Mm-hmm. Then in my second year in college, I took some education courses and thought, no, I'll become a math professor. So I dumped the education courses. Uh, by that time, I had met Sharon. And it was uh, providential because uh, she, at that point, wasn't ever going to marry a pastor. Uh, she, she grew up in a, a missionary kid, as you know, missionary's kid in, in a home. Uh, now, in, in retrospect, we just see the hand of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, actually participated in a math research project after my junior year in college, and it was at that time that I realized that I could not see abstract mathematics as a field for me uh, for the balance of my life. So I turned my senior year in college. I, I took uh, history, philosophy, Greek. And then uh, I had an opportunity. I was nominated for a, a, a Fulbright uh, scholarship. I didn't receive that, 
or it was a Rockefeller scholarship. <clears throat> but what it did was it made me consider uh, a year of seminary. So mm. I went to seminary for one year. Before the end of that year, just, uh, actually, our son was born after that first year. Mm. Uh, I went back for a second year, and then uh, went on internship where I served in La Crosse, Wisconsin. It was at that time that I realized that I could be myself and be a pastor. And whatever stereotypes I had uh, were, were gone away. And so th- my uh, calling was over quite a period of time. I could see God's hand in it. Hmm. But it wasn't one of those things where I knew from the time I was a little boy yeah. that I was going to be a pastor. So what drew you exactly mm-hmm. to seminary after being in college for so long? Well, uh, uh, it was um, really that uh, I had a religion professor in college who encouraged me uh, uh, to major actually in uh, pre theo and so God used that and then this Rockefeller uh, nomination that I did not receive uh, I didn't receive the scholarship but that um, put the idea in my mind hmm. you know let's try it for a year yeah and so that's how how it happened yeah and so now uh, coming out of seminary yeah God's God speaks to you, you know that there's a calling in your life. Oh, how, abs- do you, absolutely. how does that then begin <laughs> absolutely. to develop? Well, and the, it, for me, uh, it, it, I was pastor, uh, essentially assistant pastor for three years, uh, working with youth and education. Then I was uh, associate pastor, uh, continuing to work in those uh, arenas. But it was when I uh, asked God to fill me with the Holy Spirit and uh, that it settled once and for all my calling. And since that time, uh, I have had no—the grass hasn't been greener on the other side of the fence. The the enemy wasn't able to uh, uh, try to tempt me to to leave the ministry. That that settled something deep within me. And then, as time went on, God changed me. Uh, God gave me what I would say more of a pastor's heart, a a love for people, an appreciation, understanding of of people. And so, uh, you know, I guess there's been some sanctification work in my uh, my ministry and in my uh, uh, person as a pastor. Mm -hmm. For someone that uh, knows Jesus, uh, they've studied him, they've learned about him, they've heard of him, maybe they've even gone to church, uh, perhaps they're saved. Um, they, They know Jesus Christ, but they don't really know what it means to be, quote, filled with the Holy Spirit, as you mentioned a little while ago. Can you explain what does that mean? Uh, it, it, for me, it it, uh, it was a theological struggle, frankly. Uh, I was at an evangelism explosion training workshop, and at that point I'd been in the ministry for seven years, and I, I looked like I was climbing the ladder, looked like I was going to be senior pastor somewhere. God had given me giftings, and and uh, but I was— Dissatisfied. I, I wanted something more in my uh, ministry, more more power. I didn't know what I wanted, but it was during uh, a morning quiet time when it just clarified for me. And I said, "I, I well, actually, I, I prayed. I said, God, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, even if it means speaking in tongues." Mm-hmm. That was going all out. I was in a denomination that uh, did not accent that. I knew it in that instant my path was diverging from my colleagues. Wow. I was going in another direction. Uh, <clears throat> but that's, that's how God led me, and uh, he just settled it. And my, uh, my ministry has been a joy and a, a journey since. Yeah, well, we're uh, very grateful that uh, you make up a part of what 
the strategic plan is that God has for this city in San Antonio? Because you're a, you play a key role in it. Well, I, thank you. That's very kind. I, I know that I'm in San Antonio. God, God sent me here. God, yes. this is the place I was meant to come. Actually, when I was in my prior city, on the very same day, I had three opportunities. I had opportunity to be pastor of the largest Lutheran church in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Mm. I had opportunity to stay where I was and begin a new congregation, an opportunity to come and pastor Lutheran Church here in San Antonio. All on the same day, those three opportunities wow. came. And I said, how do I decide what to do here? Yeah. What I did, I, I fasted the first time in my life that I fasted for three days. And at the end of that three days, uh, it, I just said, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to go to San Antonio. So I'm here, uh, placed where God planted me. Uh, I grew up uh, in a rural area. I had no uh, idea that I'd ever live in a city of a million people. That, that's not been, uh, you know, I enjoyed the 20,000 population and 50,000 population. Here I am. Right. But now, you know, I've been here half my life. Wow. Um, you talked about the Holy Spirit there for a little bit, and now you touch on another another key issue, which is fasting. And, and again, a lot of people have, you know, been in church for a, a long time, perhaps, but Maybe maybe there's some folks that don't understand the importance or the significance of fasting. Can you uh, give us a little bit of information on that? It took a while before I uh, fasted, even as a pastor. But I, I, I came to realize it was a spiritual discipline. And actually, Jesus, uh, in talking about in the gospel, said he didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast when? to his disciples. And and uh, well, there was a there was motivation. Uh, there was a petition to uh, ask for my resignation, and that's what jump-started my fasting. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, um, this is after I'd been uh, in San Antonio for a few years, and, and I decided, how am I going to deal with this? So I, at that point, I began to fast, and, and uh, for me, that meant uh, not eating for 24 hours. Uh, it, I... I uh, I differ with those who say that you're not to fat, not to eat or to drink, and there are different kinds of fasts. Sure. Uh, what the, I liken it to putting um, uh, super unleaded uh, gas in my car. Mm. Regular unleaded works fine. Super unleaded is uh, is stronger. And what happens just physically, of course, is you don't have the blood going to your stomach to digest the food. So you have clarity uh, of mind mm. and are able to think more clearly. And so it's when there are important decisions that come up, then I'll fast. And so it was my practice for uh, um, many years, uh, over 20 years, mm. uh, to fast a day a week. And uh, that that just uh, was uh, is a spiritual discipline that Christians can engage in. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Gerald Ripley. He's a pastor at Abundant Life Church here in uh, Northeast San Antonio. The uh, address for the church is fifty six twenty six Randolph Boulevard, number one. Again, five six two six Randolph Boulevard, number one. For more information, you can call two ten six five zero forty eight sixteen. Again, that's two ten six five zero forty eight sixteen. Uh, Sunday services are scheduled. Uh, Bible classes are begin at nine o'clock and worship at ten o'clock. Pastor, our time is running so quickly. This is like two two friends just sitting around. All we need is a cup of coffee now and just kind of hang out. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, I, I want you to spend some time talking about the church itself because we do want to uh, feature your ministry and uh, thank you for giving us some information about yourself and kind of how the Lord brought you to this place and where you are now. But uh, tell us about Abundant Life Church. What information can you give us? I say that Abundant Life Church is a 
Spirit-Filled Bible Church. Uh, by that, I mean that we believe the Bible uh, from, is true from Genesis through Revelation, and we believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are manifest today just as they were in the times of the, uh, of the apostles. Mm-hmm. So in, uh, we believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. Right. Um, and we're a, a congregation. We're a, we're a small congregation. We have about uh, 50 people. Right now, in, in this season, we are blessed with incredible musicians. Uh, we, we have a, a pianist and a, a keyboard player uh, who are interchangeable on those instruments, and they're, they're uh, very good. We have a violinist. Uh, we have a, a professional trumpet player, uh, a good. bass guitar, and, and a drummer. So our our worship is rich. God has just blessed us, and I just marvel at yeah. Uh, his doing that uh, in, in the size of our congregation. Because uh, of our size, uh, we're really like a church family. And for some of the people, uh, we are the brothers and sisters. Uh, we know one another even better probably than our nuclear family if we're mm. from out of state. That, that would be true for myself even. Um, and because we know one another, it's an opportunity to, uh, to, to love one another. There was a lady who's passed on, but... She used to describe us as a little church with a big heart. Uh, mm. And it's, it's encouraging to me when, when somebody comes in and visits for the first time and they, they say, you know, I just sense a lot of love here. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so grateful to God that they sense that. Yes. It's a, a high compliment from my perspective. I don't take it for granted, but I, I'm just grateful when they say that because mm-hmm. I say, okay, yes, it's still here. And that's yes. what we want. Yes. And then another uh, mark that's been accented, uh, a number of people have commented on after their first visit, they sense a spirit of humility. Now, again, um, that's very important. It, uh, church's worship is about God, and we're in his presence, and uh, whatever he chooses to do is what we want to have done. And we've seen God do wonderful things in our lives. We're people just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Every family has a story. Every family has had uh, stuff to deal with, to sure. go through. But we, uh, we, we uh, band together. In terms of our placement in the body of Christ, where Paul talks about uh, you know, who you are in the body, uh, we're a knee. Uh, prayer is an important part and has been from the, the, the very beginning for us. We have a prayer meeting on Wednesday morning. And we gather together, and there we pray for each member of the congregation on a rotating basis. So we'll, wow. we'll pray for uh, about six people, six families a week, mm-hmm. and just keep praying around. So we uh, pray some powerful, intimate uh, prayers for uh, uh, intercession for what's going on in people's lives you know, mm-hmm. at, at that time. And then whatever else uh, is there, you know, we, we, we do that as well. We also, uh, you are aware that I've been uh, very active in the prayer emphases in San Antonio. That's uh, a mantle that God has placed on me to, yes. to be involved in prayer. But one of the, another thing that's uh, interesting about Abundant Life, we have prayed for the nations. Since 1989, we have prayed for six nations a week. So that's, that's one per day for six days a week. And we have prayed around the world. It's now approaching uh, 40 times. Hmm. It takes seven and a half months to pray for what, uh, that many nations wow. um, uh, for one trip. 
and it's um, we believe that it's made a difference uh, in the nation of Mongolia when we started praying in, in 1989. There were maybe less than a hundred identified Christians in that nation. Well, today there are thousands, probably tens of thousands, mm. and so uh, it's just encouraging. In in, in Turkey. Uh, again, such opposition to uh, Christianity, but there's been growth and development in that. So it's really neat to uh, get reports of how God is moving in other nations and to sense that our intercession has made a difference. Yeah. And so uh, that's that's a hallmark of uh, of our congregation. Pastor, you mentioned a, a mantle earlier um, and uh, one of the mantles that I know that I've seen, that I, I've seen the gifts of the Spirit move in and through you and is uh, with the city and with the local government. Uh, you have this uh, pastor's pack also. Um, that's something that someone might say, well, that's good for him. But just generally speaking, as the church, why should we, the church, be involved in local government? Maybe not to the same degree as others that are that have a specific calling, but at least some form of involvement with our local city government. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, go and make converts. I believe that being a, a citizen in our nation, uh, a responsible citizen, is part of being a disciple of Jesus. And so, uh, in, in one of my devotionals, I'm going to ask the question, is it a sin in our nation, for a Christian to not vote for uh, to help elect their official representatives. Uh, th- this particular mantle, uh, mm. I, I sensed it coming on me in about uh, five years ago. Uh, I, I spoke up at uh, some meetings about domestic partner benefits, and I was as I was riding home from the south side, it dawned on me, I had been a pastor in San Antonio for 30 years, so I had... Um, earned, if you will, the the privilege, the right to speak out. This is my city. I'm looking for transformation of the city. This is where God has planted me to, right. to work. Yes. So I had earned, or you know, I had the right to do it, but what I understood also is I had a responsibility. Hmm. And so it's, it's like a, I have a sense that I'm a prophetic moral voice to local government. When I dawned on me, I thought, well, a number of my friends should do the same thing. But I, I come to understand it's, it's really a, an appointment, a, a calling, a, a mantle is really the probably right term uh, to do that particular part of ministry uh, that God has given me to do, to do it as well as I can and to uh, connect with other people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that has come out of that is uh, what you mentioned, pastor's pack, we have uh, uh, vetted candidates for the last 11 elections, mm-hmm. and we uh, we have interviews with candidates. Uh, we have them fill out a, a values uh, form for us, and we look we look at candidates through the, the lens of Exodus 18:21. Choose from yourself able men who are of good character and ability. Mm-hmm. So that's how we uh, rate candidates. If we find a candidate who is able to do the task or not trying to reach for a job that they haven't not qualified for yet, yeah. uh, and if they are people of, of good character, then we endorse them. Mm-hmm. When we have candidates that don't meet that criteria, then we uh, try to discern which is the better candidate 
and we uh, give that. So, well, would you endorse mm-hmm. someone that's a uh, good character, uh, but isn't isn't of the faith or isn't uh, siding with what the we, Bible teaches? No, no, we would we would not. Uh, we're looking for the uh, people who have who have good character and they have a biblical worldview. Yes, they also have to be uh, have the ability uh, to to lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's fantastic. Again, thank you so much because I've used that. I have uh, right before I go, and I'm very active in my my voting, and also down here in the city, and making sure that uh, we're we're doing our part, our family. Uh, but I definitely use those lists to look at. Okay, if I don't have the time to invest and do my own personal research, let me go to those places that do do the research because I know that I want my I want to cast my vote for someone that is has that biblical worldview most importantly, but it also is able, is capable, has that good character. So that's very important to me. As it, well, as that's it great. Be. I'm glad glad to hear that. We have a team, actually, that uh, works on this, that uh, comes together. And so we, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah. And so we, we publish our particular list at pastorspack.org. Yeah. Well, Pastor, I want to thank you. I knew our time was going to run by so quickly. Uh, we could talk for another hour. Uh, but I want to just uh, give you the opportunity to close with an invitation, give us some information about the church uh, before we close out. Well, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you visit us. Uh, I believe, as Mark indicated at the beginning, that every believer should have a, a church home. I believe God has a place here in the city for you. Uh, if And if that's Abundant Life, we'd love to have you worship with us. Come and see. Uh, visit us two, three times. And as you, that's my recommendation for someone looking for a church home. Go two, three times, because th- then you'll get a flavor of the congregation as it is. Um, we're located at 5626 Randolph Boulevard, which is in northeast San Antonio. Uh, we're not out near Randolph Air Force Base. We're between O'Connor and Weedner here, yeah. uh, about a mile from the park and ride, uh, via park and ride at uh, Randolph Boulevard. All right. And for more information, you can call 210-650-4816. That's 210-650-4816. I'm Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. Thank you for uh, listening to The Word in South Texas. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.